So I've got my good friend Joseph Warner here today with me. How are you doing, brother? I'm very good, Carlos. Thank you for having me. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, yes. You're supposed to be the very first one, but you're a busy man. So, you know, it took a few weeks for us to get here to sit down, even though we get to see each other. Well, a good four days of the week. Yeah, we see a lot of each other. Every now and then. But not quality time. Not quality time. Yeah. yeah. But when we have quality time, we do have quality time, don't we? We do. (laughs) We do. We've known each other for a while now as well, haven't we? Yes. What? Fucking three years? I've worked for three years, probably four, though. Yeah. Because I was around before that, wasn't I? Yeah, before that, you're just uh, lingering around and being by the reception desk, checking people's names for mixing networks. Yeah. And feeling uh, really out of place in my all black suit. Yeah. And um, eating. <laughs> this is a good one, actually. I remember you having your like a bowl and then you would have some sort of nuts mix there. And oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I got to tell you a little secret, you know, there was once that I was looked in it i was like mm, that looks interesting there's some brazilian nuts there picked up on one <laughs> you started eating them <laughs> but i didn't eat you no yogurt, secret, i knew you were doing that really <laughs> yeah. no way i did it just did. once nah um but no i didn't touch your yogurt by the way you asked me the other day don't now someone's i saw it in the fridge someone's been spooning on it really yeah it's crazy eating each first world problems eh? first world problems eating people's uh yogurt that's crazy thing so Joe, my friend. So uh, yeah, man. Well, what's going on? What's what's happening on, on Joseph's life? You know, what's my good, fr- my, my good friend, good actor, great administrator here, the Olderama <laughs> Arts Center. I'm uh, killing the admin scene right now. You are killing the killing admin the admin scene. scene. Yeah. And uh, what what else? You're the finance pur- official finance purchaser. What's the title of that? Well, my job here. Yeah. Um, what what do they call me? Purchasing manager. Purchasing manager. Yes. That's it. Yeah. It's great. No, I'm happy. This this is a it's a wicked place to work. Um, Diorama. It's, it's, I think it's really sorted us all out, hasn't it? It's given us a platform to earn some money whilst also stay on track with our own creative ambitions. Um, that was stupid. Yeah, it's um, it's cool. It's um, good to have a day job which you actually care about and and you you you're um you want to do well in um, but yeah, also I, I think we've, uh, we've all got our own things going on like this podcast yeah absolutely it's good uh, to have flexibility and absolutely and for us as well we live locally so it makes it even more convenient oh coming yeah. and going the it's daily cool grind though, we live in zone one of the well best you live zone one that lives on two you pretty much zone two. one yeah you can walk everywhere yeah yeah I can it's great yeah I think there's um, the, 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 there's a slight uh, uh, this, the distance between uh, where I am and where you are. It's actually that kind of distance that if you're going out at night and you're gonna meet somebody, say in Soho, mm. um, you don't walk because that will yes, take me a good slightly. 35, 40 minutes walking. Whereas for you, it would take 20, yeah. 25 tops. You know what I mean? Yeah. So and for me, it's so convenient because I have like a, a, a bus stop in front of the house that takes me to Soho in. 15, 20, so, yeah. it, w- which is good as well, because when you live centrally, I think, you know, using public transport uh, is, well, not using public transport makes you save a little bit of money, but then if you have to use public transport, you can use buses, mm. which are cheaper, and they're good buses, those new, yeah. new buses. I do not miss using the tube at all. I know. It's a yeah. great life. It's a great life, yeah. I remember the days when I used to buy um, weekly travel cards, and my goodness, that was expensive. Yeah. Shaw. 
so expensive so much money towards like you know transport um so yeah tell me about it joe tell me i want to know like uh things that i don't know basically and you probably <coughs> be able to um well tell me a little bit about it uh how was uh, how was your like growing up in in how was growing up in in wales and 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 life back in wales when when you were a kid it's a great place to grow up that's for sure um so i come from a town called colwyn bay which is north wales not far from the border between england and wales um it's a quite a big town um and it's not very welsh it's quite an uh, it's it's pretty much a commuter town so lots of people commute to manchester and liverpool it's about an hour to each of those cities so it's um yeah it's quite it was a uh, quite an English town even though it was in Wales um, which is why my accent is quite uh, neutral um, my parents are both from down south as well um, but great place to grow up um, and y you can certainly uh, say that in hindsight I think when you're growing up anywhere it's probably true for anyone um, you think the place is there's nothing going on there you, it's boring blah 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 but um, when I go back there now it's 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 great it's right by the sea I've got the mountain range of Snowdonia 20 minutes away. Is it 20 minutes on it? Yeah, I get to Snowdon oh. in about 35 minutes. Can be up up Snowdon, back down and back in my house within like a six hour trip. It's, wow. It's um, a very nice place to live. Um, What's the population there? Do you know? Of the town? Yeah. I'm not sure. I think it's some, no, I wouldn't even hazard a guess. I think it's like 50,000. Oh, wow. That's tiny. Is it? 50,000. Yeah. For a town? I don't know. Yeah, that well, might be completely wrong. <laughs> yeah, fifty thousand is like it's more like not even. Yeah, a town, I suppose. Yeah, a village would be what fifteen, twenty thousand. Yeah, so yeah, it's bigger than a village. <coughs> yeah, and then there's lots of towns nearby as mm. well. Um, How far are you from from Cardiff? Oh, miles. Oh yeah. I think uh, London's probably closer. Mm. Driving wise, not distance wise, but um, the time it takes to get there. Um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't go to Cardiff until I was like eighteen years old. So. So yeah. you so you grew up there and um, when 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 did you like decided to to move to London was was there um, a turning point that you like I okay it's about time to uh, did you leave up to your in your parents still till eighteen what, what was yeah as soon as soon as I turned eighteen I I straight out of there uh, my mum is uh, she's a very uh, avid believer in you should work from the moment you can work. Uh, so she got me a job when I was 12 years old. Oh, wow. <laughs> Peachy, what, what were yeah. you doing? What did she get you? I worked in a butcher's shop. Butcher's shop? Yeah. Wow, that's... Uh, uh, my dad did it when he was young as well, weirdly. Mm. Um, but yeah, when I was 12 years old, just before I turned 13, she got me the job, which I'm fairly sure was illegal. Um, <laughs> but it was good for me, because um, even though it was only a, like, I think I did about nine, ten hours a week. I did like an hour after school every day, and then a couple of hours on a Saturday, just helping them close up, clean the fridges, quite disgusting but um <laughs> it's a good experience for a kid because uh i had a bit more money than everyone else so it meant that i could like buy myself treats buy myself a hi-fi yeah um buy myself a scooter um you bought yourself a scooter yeah i saved up for a moped when i was 16 so i could get straight on the road wow. you need a vehicle where i'm from you can't um you can't get around any other way and and is it is it legal for you to just ride a moped when you say when you're 16? 16 yeah that's the legal age you don't even have to take a test you just gotta Seriously? do uh, training wow. day and then you're on the road Amazing. bad really because i was yeah i think yeah. it's it, it can be quite dangerous right very dangerous i came off it on day one <laughs> 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 just going a little bit too fast around the corner and slid on some leaves 
Never told the parents. <laughs> they would have taken it off me straight away. It's straight away, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, that all came from working at the butchers. I worked there for five years. Um, five years? Yeah. Wow, so you so, did you actually get your hands dirty? Like chopping yeah, stuff yeah. And, and stuff? I make the best pies in North Wales. Oh, wow. So you so you do have the skill if you need to get into a butcher and cut uh, animals probably into could. pieces? I, I, nah. You know how to do it. I used to do a bit of butchering, but um, yeah, I was mainly the guy that did the burgers, the sausages. Oh, I see. The kebabs, the pies. Sandwiches, sandwich meats. Would you get some stuff to get home, like for free? Hell no! He was the tightest man alive. Really lovely man. Like he's great. He's called Paul. Um, really nice fella. Um, but no, he would never give me anything free. You'd think he'd give you like a, a joint to go home with on a Sunday, like to have your Sunday roast. But yeah. never, never. Like even getting a pie out of him that I made, <laughs> and I made like a hundred every hour. It was ridiculous. I couldn't even get one off him. Oh but, my um, god! But the, but he fed you while at, while on the shift. Occasionally, mm, occasionally, if he was hungry. <laughs> and how far from home was that? Did you? Ha- did you down walk the road? Just down the road. Yeah, down the road. I used to uh, get a bus back from school, go home, get changed, and then just walk down the hill, put in an hour, and then walk back up the hill. Oh wow, nice. Yeah. So you, so you were active as a kid, like yeah. walking up and down. And w- were you one of those kids that had a bicycle as well, cycling? The, the road was too steep, man. The road was like that. It was. Is it? Yeah. Where were your parents' houses? Yeah, we live. Um, so. Colwyn Bay, there's a there's a hill, um, and then on the top of the hill it's Colwyn Heights, um, and that's where we lived. So we kind of were on top of everything around, um, and the the road up to my house is very steep. So having a bike, it's great going down, but absolute ball ache to get back up. Wow, yeah. I can imagine. Yeah, even going down, it's a pretty steep downhill. It's yeah, it's fun though. Used to go down it on a skateboard on our asses. <laughs> <laughs> fell off that a few times. <laughs> But yeah. that's what I mean. That's why it was a great place to grow up because um, I think anywhere where it's uh, not a city, you, you've got the freedom to kind of go and play outside, haven't you? Mm. Um, and we had like all these hills. We had woodland and fields and we had loads of stuff to play uh, play out in. Uh, so, yeah, it was great. You have uh, siblings, right? You have a sister? Yeah, i got an older sister. Yeah. Uh, Sam. She's um, recently um, got married. Got married, yeah. Yeah, she got married last year, which is ace in Italy. Yeah, um, that trip looked fantastic. Man. So nice. Something about that country. Yeah, you see, it's one of those things. I mean, that could be a trip that I would love to do it as a holiday, similar to what we did last year when we went to Portugal. Mm. But to go to Italy somewhere and just explore. Um, I've I've been to like Milan and Rome and you know those mm. places, but Italy has so much more to offer. Than, yeah, than it's not about the cities ones. for me. It's not about um, the cities. Italy. Yeah. They're great, but um, yeah, it's when you go to the small like villages on the coast and um, these small farm towns. And where was the place that you guys went again? We went all over, um, but we went. The wedding was in a place called Borgo di Tragliata, which is about half an hour outside of Rome. Um, just a little. So you flew to Rome, and then you guys drove to. Flew to Rome, spent the day in Rome, and then um, how did we get there? One of the people attending the wedding gave us a lift, mm. um, and then. Yeah, spent a few days in this, this. It's basically a farm in the middle of nowhere. Um, but it's stunning. It's like I think it's 1,100 years old. Wow. Yeah, it's got some history. Got some history, of course. Yeah, Pretty well. sure it was haunted. <laughs> Did you cool. feel any spirits while we were there? Uh, Did you feel any... I was far too drunk to... Far too drunk to... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the word go. It's wicked. <laughs> 
<laughs> so cool. Um, going back, where were we? Uh, um, no, yeah. Uh, while you left then your parents' house, the, well, you started working at the age of 12. Yeah. Uh, your mum put you to work, basically. Well, five years there, so at the age of 17, as, uh, I'm assuming you, you, you quit yeah, well, the job. Was, um, and then when I was seven, because I was one of the young ones in my year, so I turned 18 just before um, I went to university. So it was pretty rapid. Mm. So when I was 17, went on one li last holiday with my school friends, um, quit the job, and then, yeah, packed my bags and moved to Manchester um, and did a degree in advertising and brand management, um, which was a terrible choice. <laughs> um, I really didn't like the degree. Uh, I'm not entirely sure why I picked it. Um, I think it was because I didn't, when I was younger, I didn't really spend a lot of time thinking about what I was going to do in the future. It just kind of went, rolled with it. Um, so during your teenager years, you didn't have any uh, anything that, oh, fuck, I would love to do this, or, or, or perhaps I could be good at, at doing that. I, I, I had uh, dreams. Um, I, I always wanted to be a pilot, um, and I was very set on being a pilot. And then when I was, I think I was about 15 in school, we had, um, we had opticians come into school, which I thought was strange. I think they were opticians. Um, they were testing our eyesight anyway. Um, and my eyesight is solid, 2020 vision, always has been. Um, but then they did this test, which, uh, have you ever done it with the color dots? Color, color dot. vision test. I don't think I did. So it's like a book of well, I have a book of numbers actually, and it's all just different colors. Mm. And then within the, within the circle, it's got a different color number mm -hmm. surrounded by other color dots. And it's all to test your field of color vision. Mm -hmm. um, and I was, I was doing okay on it, but struggling. And then it got to about the, the, the mid, uh, midway through this test and uh, all I was seeing was a blur in front of me. I was just like, well, it's just, that's just a circle of green dots. And they were like, give me the uh, kind of nod of acknowledgement and then <laughs> carried on to the next one. I was just like, nope, nothing there. Uh, and then they keep moving on. They don't explain that there's a number there. They just turn the page. And then uh, it got to this one. And I was like, ah, I could see that one, 24. And then they were like, yeah, it was, that was a trick question, that one. If you ah, saw the number, shit. then that meant you were colorblind. Um, so yeah, they told me I was red-green colorblind and that meant that I couldn't be a pilot. A pilot. Um, so yeah, I think then I didn't really know what to do. So that was the end of it. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I didn't actually explore if it was possible to be a pilot. I was just told by these people that you had to have uh, perfect color vision to be what I wanted to be. So I just accepted that and went about, went about my business, kind of cared that much. <laughs> Um, yeah, so um, I didn't really have a, a, an outright ambition. But then, what did, did you did you have any chats with your parents about it? Like, uh, uh, mom and dad, hey, listen, uh, about time for me to move out. Gonna go to uni. Uh, have no idea what to do. Well, they I think did I they uh, did they ever ask you, hey, Joe? So why are you planning on doing a university? I'm sure you probably you guys had well, that conversation my, my at some point. My theory on how I got got into what I got into was um, I've always loved film um, ever since I was little I've been obsessed with film and uh, TV um, but not uh, not just general television like good uh, quality TV shows usually American shows um, and I used to always talk about it to my parents I used to talk about what I liked about it and like when good advert would come on I talk about why I like that advert but, and then they made the link for me that my interest was that in advertising I'd be good at advertising because that's mm -hmm. what I 
showed interest in, but I think that was misinterpreted. My interest was in film. It wasn't in advertising, but I didn't think for myself when I was that young, I was quite a, I was happy to kind of follow someone else's lead. Um, so they suggested that I'd maybe consider advertising as a career. So I looked into universities, prospectuses, and I mainly picked a degree that was in a city that I wanted to go to, which was Manchester. Um, so this degree, advertising. Why did you did you wanted to go to Manchester? Because uh, it was wasn't too far from home. It's about it's like hour and a half drive, um, two hours on the train, uh, and it's a really good ci uh, city to be a student. It's the third biggest city in the UK as well. I think Birmingham there, is the second it? one, and then yeah, I think so. I think so. It's a good city. It's um, got a lot going on. It's got quite a lively um, music scene, um, especially now. It's definitely on the uh on the rise um but yeah i think i mainly cho chose the degree because of i wanted to be in manchester um but as soon as i started the degree i was like whoa this is not for me it was very uh managerial based and all about theory and about uh meeting strategic marketing plans and it was all about the kind of the cogs of the machine rather than the kind of the art form which is what i'm interested in i like i like film i like the visuals elements are like the ideas that go into things and the degree was none of that um so but everything happens for a reason right um so whilst i was in my first year of university acknowledging that i didn't like this degree but i was committed to it because my parents were helping pay for my studies to begin with um i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna follow through with this i'm gonna do the best i can um but i got on my computer and because i've got this kind of new sense of independence which was amazing for me. I loved it the, from the word go, being on my own. Um, I googled acting schools um, because acting was something that I'd always kind of enjoyed, but very quietly enjoyed it. Um, for example, I never did any drama in school. I didn't do, I didn't do anything performance-based. Um, the only thing I did was in my English class. Um, we, you know, you'd read out books as a as a class, mm -hmm. and different people would read different characters. Um, I really embraced those lessons and I'd, I'd do accents uh, and I'd, I'd really try and embody the character that I was reading one line of dialogue for every like every lesson. But uh, I used to love it. I used to really look forward to English class for that reason. Not really putting one and putting putting two and two together um, that maybe this is what I'm interested in. Um, so when I finally got that kind of sense of independence, I thought maybe I'll explore this avenue and Googled acting schools in Manchester. And what would you know, the Manchester School of Acting was literally two minute walk from where I was living. Um, so I saw that as a sign. I was like, well, I may as well go and see what this is about. Um, so got in touch. They invited me to audition, um, which was my first ever experience of not only auditioning, but of acting. Um, so I was shitting myself for this um, experience that I was going headfirst into. Um, but yeah, as soon as I did that audition, got invited, um, got accepted to the school oh wow i was like yeah this is this is what i want to so do So that's the very first step of ver your very first step into the acting world yeah wow that's so cool yeah and it was, was totally self self-discovery and self-motivated completely right? yeah and i didn't tell anyone that i was doing it for two years really you didn't tell your parents didn't tell anyone i just wanted it to you be go you go into uni thing. and aside of that you go into to, yeah, so, so so what was this this uh, this school all about then? You you you, you passed the audition, 
um, and then they invite you to to the school to do to do a course to what, what was yeah it, it was um so it was one night a week so it's part time um, but you'd you'd prepare um, a scene or or some homework outside of school and then every I think it was every Thursday night we'd meet up um, at the school and we'd work on scenes we'd work on technique um, we'd um, part of it was it was kind of like therapy almost there was um, a casting director called David Shaw. Um, who's an incredible man. He's one of the most important people I've ever met in my life. Um, he was, I saw him as a kind of guru, uh, a life guru. Um, so, cause his lessons weren't about acting. They were about exploring your own psyche basically. Um, so alternate weeks we'd have acting and then we'd have, um, what you call, uh, archetypes, um, which is about exploring what makes you, uh, as a complete character. Um, so he shares this theory that um every person shares four common uh archetypes characteristics um to put it simply um and then everyone's got eight others that's individual to them so i can't remember the four ones that everyone shares but they're something that's common in everyone you can spot these four qualities in every person you meet but then we'd explore this it was a list of hundreds of archetypes and he'd go through them talk about their positives and their negatives, their strengths, their weaknesses. Um, and then if one kind of rang true to you, you'd say, I think that might be something that I've got. And then he'd go, okay, let's talk about it. And then he'd sit you on the seat and he'd talk about uh, why you think this quality is in you. And he'd really go deep, go deep into your uh, subconscious wow, almost. Wow, that's so interesting. It was, it was fascinating. I lived for it. It was, um, was life-changing because it was really helpful to and look how, at yourself and, and and how far were you in your degree at the time this was well i started in first year um and i followed it through until the end of my degree i think maybe it might have been towards the end of my first year um but yeah th these lessons were just life-changing for me because i come i grew up in this small town with quite small town mentalities um you don't really explore um emotion and and um, yourself to this depth, it's not really spoke about, is it? Um, I don't know if, if you had that. This is kind of like part of, of British culture in, in, in yeah, a way, isn't it? Yeah, we're quite stiff, aren't we? Stiff and very conservative and, and somehow very. Um, uh, that's, you know, um, I've been living here for 10 years and I, I can tell because uh, I am, or at least I've always been uh, kind of like the opposite you know when you express yourself I, I i just recently noticed this and uh when i express myself for italian or brazilian or, or, or latin american person uh, when you when we express ourselves we we, we this that it's not that you cannot express yourself in the same way you do mm. but it's in a more contained way yeah you yeah. are able to deliver what you have to deliver in a more contained way yeah. whereas I would be like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I you think that's great, though. I love, I love that passionate side. It, it, it is very good for in many ways, but it can be misinterpreted in, yeah, yeah. in others as well. You know, uh, if you don't know the person, or or depending on on what are you dealing with, people you, you might come across, people might be like, ah, too much. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And but I mean, I, d I, I don't mind. It's just I, I do think it's a very positive thing. But again. Uh, cultures are different and and things can be you know misinterpreted in the, in the same way that perhaps uh, uh some random british 
guy can be misinterpreted by being a bit arrogant, you mm. know, by not being uh, very open or talkative, but he's just, you know, uh, uh, a bit more conservative, a bit more private, you know. Um, but I mean, I find it amazing that what you just said about the four character and then perhaps having another eight, it's, it's just amazing. And for yourself, by going through that, it must have been like absolute wonder to, yeah, to, to a se self-discovery journey, basically. Yeah, it was it was therapy. Like I, I, I fully believe what I went through and what everyone who was on the course with me, they were, the main reason they were there was because it was it was a therapy session. Um, Did you make any good friends on your university years? Like yeah, that you met when you entered university, and when you finished university, and you're still in touch with them. Yeah, I've got um, three very good friends that I'm still friendly with now. Um, and did they follow uh, the path of whatever the the the, the degree uh, led uh, lead, leads to? I don't think any of them did. No, they they're, they're, they're all involved. Path. So we were all kind of business. We all went to the business school because at the end, exactly. That's one of the things uh, I was going to say. Your degree somehow uh, helps you in, you know, uh, what you do these days as well, isn't it? Like, mm. not really. Not really. No? I, I I really thought my degree was awful. <laughs> 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 I thought it, it was just a really poorly thought out degree. It was just one of these ones that are thrown out there, and the, the teachers were just uninspiring. The subjects were just dull. The facilities were terrible. <laughs> it was just it was just a very uninspiring place to be. Um, and I, my attendance was just terrible. It was, I think I was like 13% in final year. Wow. I just never went because it was just pointless. It was, I need to be inspired. I'm, I think you're the same. You, you have to have someone who's passionate about something to be able to learn from them. Um, and these people just weren't passionate. So <laughs> neither was I. <laughs> um, so when so you finished then your degree, you, at the same time you finished your, your acting course. And then yeah. that's when you broke the news to... So to I, family and friends about it. Uh, I told why why at first did you keep it? Because I, I just wanted it to be my thing. Mm. I just really wanted it to be something that I could quietly focus on, and not have to really talk about it to people. Because I knew people would have kind of opinions on on it as a career choice, and I just couldn't be asked with that whilst I was trying to get into it. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I didn't want to have my parents talk to me about. Oh yeah, it's a good hobby to have, but have you thought about maybe using your degree to get some get a get a real job? That's mm -hmm. what they always just explain it as a proper job. Um, yeah, I just really didn't. I knew that was going to come whenever I told them, so I'd rather delay that to when I'm deep into my studies and I'm fully accepting that this is the path I want to go down. Then I'll talk to them about it. And then when you so when you graduated and you finished this this course, uh, what what? What did you do next? So then I was in a bit of a predicament because um, I was, I wasn't even 21. I was 20 when I finished. Um, and my sister, a few years before, I think, I think yeah, but as I started university, she um, got a job in Florida working in Disney World. Mm. Um, and I went to visit her and uh, saw everything she was up to. Um, and it, it was just the best thing for a, a young person to do because it's all the perks of university uh it's you're with you're living with people uh that are like-minded um and you're kind of sharing life together you're working together you're in disney world so you get to <laughs> go to all the theme parks for free you can go across florida you God, can travel america 
um, like and you've not got the responsibility of studying. So it's just a literal year of freedom. It's a, it's a gap year, but for Mickey Mouse, it's it's, <laughs> it's a really unusual opportunity. Um, so I always said that I wanted to do it, but then that was before I uh, really kind of accepted that acting is what I wanted to go down. Um, and I was very set on, I'm gonna make, make this acting game work. Um, but then I think I was, some part of me applied for this job, even though I didn't really want it because I thought oh, I need to concentrate on the acting thing, but I still applied anyway, got an interview, went to the interview in London, uh, waiting for this job to come up. And then they were like, yep, you got the job. You're going in three weeks. I was like, oh shit. Wow. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I almost turned it down. Um, cause I, but did you have anything in the acting world lined up or did you have an idea of what? Not really. I, I, I did want to, um, I did want to make the leap to London, but I had no idea what I was going into. Um, so I was very up in the air and I, I, I had all my family and friends talking me into this Disney job. So I was just like, right, screw it. I got offered this job. I, normally it was a year program, but I took over someone's visa. So I got eight months. So I was like, well, it's not too long. It's eight months of fun. Um, so make screw some it. money, make some money. And 20 year old. Money yeah. So, um, well, it's good money because you earn tips, but uh, Disney pay you fuck all. Really? <laughs> well, it's kind of like it's awful, man. Yeah, big, big, big enterprises tend to be like that. It's just in America, yeah, they've got the, they don't have the same uh, rights as we do, do they? Workers' rights. Is yeah, but then you get like uh, Starbucks here in the UK. Wasn't this talk that uh, I think they they, they raised the the employees' wages, but they were paying like peanuts to to their employees, really? like seven eighty or something per hour, and and it's. It's the UK. You don't get tips here. At no, all. yeah. Um, and then you imagine like that, that's that's one of the things that made me dislike them very much. And I never, I just promised myself. It's just one of those things, you know. One day that I, I read about uh, the employees' wages, I read about them not paying a penny in tax in the UK. Like Jesus Christ! Yeah, you know? it's awful. People like earning bloody twenty-two k a year mm. pay that twenty percent tax, and then you get a massive company like that not paying tax i was like you know what you don't get my money anymore yeah and i just stopped going i, I used to like the brand i think you know uh, oh i don't i reluctantly bought this today because it's the only coffee shop open it's the there, only so. one coffee shop on open yeah. get pratt if you're hearing this anyone from pratt you should keep your uh pratt manger branch at regent's place open during the weekend as well <laughs> so please. we can go get because <laughs> we do that on on weekdays but during the weekends, you're always shut. Um, but but yeah. So sorry. Just going back to to, to the Disney thing. Uh, yeah, big big enterprises. I mean, it's not you know. Sometimes you, you work you work because it's it, it looks good on p people's eyes as well. And I think it's a good thing on your CV as well because when you work for a fran uh, uh, um, not a franchise but um, a company like Disney, it's Disney, right? I mean, mm. it does give you credit. I mean, you, you people looking at your CV. I think it, it, yeah. it credits you. You want to have a career way. as a waiter for the rest of your life. <laughs> you're, you're starting at the top. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. lines okay. you up. <laughs> but, um, so okay, so he paid you peanuts, and then, but what was the job then? What did the peanuts? It was like two dollars eighty an hour. What? Yeah, it was. It's no it's way. a crime, man. It's literally just to tick a box that they they they're proving that they pay you something. But but you got like accommodation, oh, I was, food. And yeah, yeah, and that. It just about paid for my accommodation, which was. And what was the food like? What, what, no, shit, man. Th just let's just uh, go a little bit back. So, what was the job all about, and where did you leave while you? So left? I worked in um, I worked in a place in a, one of the theme parks called Epcot. Have you ever been to Florida? 
Uh, I've been to Miami only. Right. Just so briefly as so well. I never stayed longer. So Orlando is basically just Disney World with a few other theme parks thrown in. Um, but they've got f three or four three or four theme parks and two water parks. Um, so people work in all of them and they're usually Americans because they've got lots of college programs and things. Um, but in Epcot, they've got a world, if they call it the World Pavilion Showcase, I think they call it that, can't even remember. Uh, but basically it's a lake and then around the lake, they've got um, kind of small versions of different countries. Um, so they've got like, they've got Italy, they've got Japan, they've got, uh, They've got Finland, Norway, Britain, and a few others. Um, but in each of these, thank you, mate. Um, in each of the places, they've got people that are from those places. So they, it's uh, the international pro. I can't even remember what it was called. Um, but yeah, they they scout people from all they all these countries. So they've got authentic authentic staff working there. So I worked in the UK part, mm -hmm. um, just in a pub, uh, and it was great. Um, working with just uh, pub work basically yeah just pub work drinks and serving people yeah working the restaurant mm. um, but the tips were mega because um, those Americans love us <laughs> <laughs> so I used to play up to it uh, say I knew the queen etc etc <laughs> did you yeah I used to tell a story <laughs> about um, Prince William and uh, Kate because they spent um, before early on in their engagement they um they were based in Anglesey because he was still working for the RAF, wasn't he? Mm. Um, and Anglesey's w near where I'm from. Um, and they once went to my local cinema. And so I made out like I was in the cinema with William and Kate. And they were just like, oh, my God, I love that. You know them? <laughs> so, yeah, see them all the time. <laughs> tips, tips, tips. First, first, first moment of Joe showing off his uh, accent skills. <laughs> <laughs> my accent skills. Um, but, yeah, um, it was just a year of partying. And then you, what were you leaving there? So you're working in the pub. Yeah, so and it's basically like university accommodation. Halls. Yeah, yeah, wicked, like proper gated community with security, swimming pool, gym. Oh man, um, sounds like a big, massive holiday for a oh, twenty-year-old. It's a, it's mental. It was every night there was a party going on somewhere. Like the Italians would be throwing one, the Brazilians, the Canadians. You don't, you, everyone would be finding the party every night. Um, it was, it was just and food-wise, how, how how did you? Did you have an allowance? Did you eat in a what yeah, what you want? You, you, you earn money, which we oh, pretty much so out so every you, night. So you didn't get fed; you you had to pay for the food. Yeah, right. Yeah, but um, the the money that people were on over there, especially because everyone's like twenty one years old, they're not saving for shit. It's literally all that cash you're making, which is sometimes like some of the guys working on the bar were making a thousand a day. It was insane money. Seriously, yeah, th it's just crazy. A thousand dollars a day. Th their best day was like a thousand each, and that's five of them. Five, five bar people each making a grand. Jesus. So yeah, we were making money faster than we could spend it, um, but it was great. Like people were like renting out Mustangs for the year. Like we'd go down to Miami for a few days. We were ballers, and we were just waiters. <laughs> it's crazy. Amazing. And then after eight months, uh, you finished that job, and then you 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 came back to the UK. Came back. And fuck me, it it was painful. Did they offer you to kind of like uh, uh, do it again? Do they do that? No, some people thing? some people do, but because I was I took over someone's visa, I I didn't have the option to extend, mm. which was good in a way, because like it's it's too good a thing, so you kind of have to accept that it's limited and it's a once in a lifetime thing, and you have to get back to reality. 
uh, which I did, and I, I, I struggled for a while because I, ha- I had no money. I, I blew everything over there. Um, I stayed an extra month on a on a tourist visa, um, rented an apartment and a car, uh, and I was just meeting my friends after work every day, going to restaurants with them and stuff. It was, it, I, I spent every last penny, but it meant when I came back that I was in a tricky situation because I was moving back in with my parents, um, which was in North Wales where no one was. Everyone had kind of got on with their life. So everyone was working in cities around the country or off traveling around the world. So yeah, it was it was very tough to come back to that. Um, I'm pretty sure I was clinically depressed um, in those months following. What did you do? So you you got back and then you went to your parents and then well, I was I I had a girlfriend in in Florida and um, when oh I man that's different. yeah and we left together. Well, no, as in we were still together when I left, mm. um, but inevitably it kind of it it fell apart and then I fell apart because. I lost Disney, I lost my girlfriend, I'd lost all my money. So it was, it felt like, oh, it's the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so it took, a f- I think I was about eight months again to save up. I was working in Tesco, um, hating life daily, earning pittance. <laughs> like it was really tough to try and save the money to get out. But I think about four months after I got back, I I got speaking to Mike from Mixing. Mm-hmm. Um, who I didn't really know. I I went to university with his brother. Um, but I knew that he was an actor. He'd been living in L.A. and he was still in L.A. But he had a company that um, uses this space, um, mixing networks. Um, and he needed someone to run it in London. Um, so he got in touch with me saying, if you're, if you're thinking about giving London a go as an actor, this is this is an opportunity for you to do these workshops once a week so this goes a way long ba- a long way back mm. mixing networks wow yeah and it, it's it, it was very it was quite small to begin with you, uh, you had like one event a week um he's now up to about i think he does five six a week now sometimes um but it was a way to kind of come down here have a have a bit of a purpose have something <laughs> to do um his brother had a place uh had a place going. He had a spare room, so I moved in with his brother. Did this once a week, st- and then I started trying to figure out this acting game, um, how to make a go of it down here. Uh, and it was, I'm sure you felt it as well. It's quite a daunting place when you first move to London, isn't it? Mm, it is very. Um, it's pe- well. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't imagine that it would be that daunting for 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 you because you you were just born next door to it but uh for someone that comes with a completely different background um it is i mean i was i was lucky in the sense because when i was 18 i i came to london just to study as well so i did two months of of uh of studying here oh so you knew it so i knew already yeah when i moved to london when i made the decision to move to london it wasn't just i was coming here for the first time and Mm. And you know, getting to know the place. So for me, it was uh, slightly different. I came with a clear goal as well. I knew what I wanted to do. Uh, I had like a track already w- in, in regards of uh, uh, with my music. You know, I had a clear idea of what of I wanted. You call. Oh. You've always got a plan. <laughs> <laughs> I re- well, I had to, man, because it was it was it was not easy. It was not easy because I was living at my parents at the age of twenty five. You know, and. Um, I, at that stage, I, I quit. I had quit already the university because I was doing law uh, 
didn't know what to do as well. Same same scenario as yours. Didn't know what to do and just went for like, you know, what well, people down there, people everywhere basically do. You go for law, you go for administration, you do business, you do mm. management, you do uh, maths in school, you know, s- s- things like that that supposedly will give you safety in the future, you know, uh, which obviously we all realize af- years after that that that's just that's just not true you know the, the the market is saturated with lawyers and saturated with this and saturated that if it's not something they really want to do mm. you're not going to be very good and if you're not very good your 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 space is just your space for you in the market will be very limited <coughs> um but but i was like and then yeah i quit university because i was uh touring and doing a lot of stuff in brazil with music at the time but then moving to London was just, uh, I was I, I just got to a point where, you know, I, I got to do something, you know. Mm. And if I stay here, there's only this much that I can do. And and I proved to be right because I look back and all my friends, I mean, lots of people did pretty much what I would have done. You know, they succeeded in many ways in, in, with music, teaching or touring or doing this and doing that. But their lives haven't, their lives didn't improve a lot. And... And they haven't seen the world in the way that I've seen it, yeah. you know, and experienced the things that I experienced. And and uh, but anyway, that that's that's beyond the point. But coming to London for me wasn't very difficult. And on my first year here in London, I came with literally like money to support myself for a month. But I had a very good friend of mine living here at the time, so uh, I crashed on his couch. For I suppose you know when I moved in, I said I'm just gonna stay here for a couple of weeks till I figure out where to live. <laughs> I end up living on his uh, living room for six months. Shit. And <laughs> eventually a girl moved out of the house, so I rented uh, her bedroom and ended up staying there for another year and a half, so two years in total. Till <laughs> it started in two weeks. You it started two, two weeks, exactly. <laughs> but it was great, man, because we were all uh, 25, 26, and 27, I think, at the time. And, and everyone, everybody living in the house was people from my hometown, you oh, know. Really? Himself, my friend, and his friends living in the house were people that I knew from back in school. You know, so they would, I wasn't, I didn't move in with strangers apart from this girl that I met uh, at the time, living in a house at the time as well. Uh, so it was kind of like, I don't know, th- there's this, even after I moved out from, from, from the place and I went to live in Leytonston with, uh, which was my next home uh, for, for a year, I uh, still had this feeling of kind of like, you know, living with your friends and, you know, making barbecues and like, you know, jumping from one job to the next, just enjoying life and but then it gets to a point where you know the fun stops and you just kind of like fuck i need to you know crack on and something yeah. um but then you're saying about moving and being a, a don't uh, a very you know strange place at first perhaps um you're living with mike's brother and then you're doing mixing networks for a week you surely couldn't afford to pay your rent with doing mixing i don't know how i did it <laughs> I, 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 I genuinely don't i was uh, like really really earning pennies to start um I, I, t- I don't even know if mike was paying me i think it was a favor to begin with and then he started paying me i think but even if he was it wasn't a lot um so yeah I, it was kind of time was ticking to get the job down here before i'd have to pack my bags and go so back what was your first like actual paycheck in london uh, i worked for an events company um kind of like you did yeah. you did events work didn't you yeah um and yeah, it was. I think I was on about six pound seventy an hour. Mm. Uh, it's criminal. Um, but <laughs> yeah. w- but like every day, you work Wembley or yeah, tweaking them. Or the football stadiums. Yeah. Fucking awful jobs. <laughs> awful like jobs. So yeah. bad. 
<laughs> just like cattle getting rounded up, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. stick, you stick you on a hot dog stand. <laughs> oh, man. Treat you like shit yeah. and then give you no money whatsoever. No money whatsoever. But it meant you could kind of pay the bills. But it was it was really difficult because it took about a year and a half before I actually realized, holy shit, why did I move down here? Uh, it was to have a go of a career. And just because I was not earning much, it, f it meant that I couldn't spend any time to work on something constructive. I was just literally trying to pay the bills. But then during, but during the f your first year here, did you, um, did you get involved? Uh, did you get more involved with acting somehow? Like not really. I, I, I lost kind of. So kind of like after your, your course in Manchester, mm. and then you went to Disney and then moved to London, you, you pretty much kind of like didn't do anything not really and I, I tell you what in, um when i was when i was with this girl in uh disney i <coughs> i thought I, I got kind of love drunk and i was like oh i'll i'll move to ireland with you and uh i'll i'll get a job you to ireland she li she's irish she's irish yeah so i was i was considering moving over to northern ireland to make a go of it um which was would have been the worst decision in the world oh yeah man we all think like that yeah, when we're man. Uh, young so crazy thing in it love yeah um thank fuck it didn't work First, out second, <laughs> third love sometimes you know <laughs> yeah um but yeah i like i'd lost focus with the acting then and then when i moved to london just trying to pay the bills i lost focus again because it's uh, overwhelming it was overwhelming yeah, yeah. um but and I, and I had a little bit with with the workshops so every week i was meeting a different casting director occasionally joining joining in with the workshops but that was about all i did um, and then after about a year and a half, I joined um, this acting school. Um, it was called YPTC um, in Camden. It's now called Raw. Um, and th that was the kind of spark up my up my, up my ass to, to get back into it because you, you quickly remind yourself of why you do it and you get this feeling that this is this is right because mm -hmm. you you feel get wow purpose. I'm good at this like it's it's nice to have the purpose isn't it um, so yeah when I joined that school I, I was I was back and I was I was ready to really give it give it a go um, and how many days a week was that that was just Saturday every Saturday. week all day every Saturday um, get there at like eight in the morning and then sometimes you'd be there till eight at night um, long day very intense very sweaty <laughs> very ugly get dirty. Um, a lot of fun and that's when i really felt i'd found a home in london because i've met some amazing people uh, i've met my best friends in london uh, through this school um, who i'm friends with to this day um and that was that was the kind of real right this is this, this is, is what i want to do yeah this is happening now yeah um and then what um <coughs> Did you, w you did you leave for the whole year at Mike's brother? Uh, I place? lived there for two years. Two years. Two years, I think. Wow. Um, and then they the the couple that I was living with, Mike's brother and his girlfriend, um, they were they'd started to earn quite a bit more money. And where we were living was Cricklewood. It's an absolute shithole. Um, so they were like, right, we need to actually enjoy London so they decided to get an apartment in Central in Marleybone um, and that was in the summer about th three years ago three years ago I think um, is that where he lives now he's moved again now mm. but um, yeah they got they had a nice apartment uh, top floor apartment but 
as the I, I think they gave me about four months notice that this, this was happening and I just didn't do anything about trying to find another place to live for some reason I just felt very confident that things would work out and I have no idea why but for some reason I just really didn't look for anywhere to live and it came to like the week before I was like shit I've I'm gonna be without oh, home no next week. Way. I d- they had nowhere to go. I think and that's when I actually first met you, right? You were just on. Probably, I remember you yeah. saying that you it was like early on days. this very tricky situation where you like moving from one place to another, then crashing at a friend's place, yeah. and having your stuff uh, <laughs> stored up here. Yeah, yeah. it was. Um, yeah, so the the day the moving day came, and they got the van. I I literally had not even packed my stuff. I, I didn't even know what I, serious, how I was going to move everything. And I was just like, can I just throw my stuff in with yours? And then I'll get out. I'll help you move all your stuff in. And then I'll take my stuff to work. because I was going to store it here. Um, so they were like, yeah, sure. Throw it in the van. And I got in the back of the van with it. So I'm in the back of this van moving house. <laughs> it's like, fuck me. What am I doing? Um, and yeah, I ended up not getting a place to live for six months. But it was like the best six months I've I, I've had I'd had in London up to that point because I had all this time it meant I could quit my old job working for this events company working in Harrods and it was a job that I hated I hated it um, it was making me an angry person I really didn't like myself because of this job it was making me really bitter um, so I got started getting shifts here um, but it was nowhere near enough to f- pay for rent anywhere so I just thought well, I'll try and free up time to work in diorama whenever I can. Um, and the only way I can do that is if I can carry on kind of couch surfing, mm-hmm. going from place to place, <laughs> occasionally having to sleep in the cupboard at work. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Jacob, if you're listening. Um, but um, yeah, for six months, I just kind of went from place to place. Um, had all this spare time because I didn't have to pay rent. So the money that I was earning was money that I could spend on seeing friends and I was seeing different friends every week. I think everyone was really enjoying having me stay on their couch because it meant they could spend time with me. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it really makes you realize how valuable time is when you're in a situation like that. And what, but what, what was going on in your head? Like, what, what were you thinking? Okay, I need to... Not really. I felt, it felt great. I felt so liberated um, not being tied down with bills and things. Mm-hmm. Um, and things just started falling into place. Um, everything was just naturally happening. Like th- I got started getting more work here, which I really enjoyed. Um, uh, and then you came along and was like, I've got a room going in yeah. in, the, in the pub where I live above. <laughs> I was like, sweet, I'll move in for five <laughs> months. So did that and then it's led, led us to this point. Yeah, that's um, true. That's very true. And um, when it comes to to acting, what what are your ambitions now? What do you want to do? What's the plan? Because you're kind of like, in a way, <coughs> something always happened, but um, but now, what? where do you see yourself uh, within the next five years? Not in terms of uh, achieving things or becoming this or becoming that, but in the sense of like, you know what, I want to do this and I want to do that. And do you have anything like that in mind? Do you have any like goals in terms of, and when I say goals, I'm not talking about as succeeding at the eyes of people or, for, or on, on people's from people's perspective, which is, uh, you know, uh, landing a big role in the movie or or making money out of it. You know, personal, personal things, you know, like, for, for example, myself, I'm training my ass off to run a very fast 
under my own circumstances a very fast half marathon a very fast marathon mm. i'm never going to win it i'm not going to make any money out of it nothing but it means a lot to me and i'm going to be a very happy person yeah. if i manage to succeed so that's the kind of thing that i'm talking about you know and then obviously uh, from doing those things and putting effort into it m other things might come my way mm. in connection to that uh so that's more or less the question that i that i'm asking you you know in in, in those terms yeah, I, um, I think that's what you're doing in that. In in you've got you've got these hobbies that, but but they're kind of professional hobbies almost, aren't they? Mm. Um, it's something you take very seriously, and um, I think if people live by those values, often they'll find a way of making money out of it. Um, if you are passionate about something, follow that and eventually you're going to find a way to kind of fund yourself in life through that. Um, and I think you're going down the right path with uh, the running, the beer, the podcast, music, you, all these interests that you have. It's going to lead you into a place where you're living a life and you're doing everything you love. Um, I think that's a very good way Fingers to be. Crossed. Yeah, just keep doing what you do, man. Um, and I try to do the same. Um, obviously, the acting is my main goal that like, i want i i will be uh, a I successful like actor i will be um i'm not sure how i'm going to get there i'm not sure where I, I i i'm not sure how i got here so i don't know where the hell i'm going to be in a few years time life has a funny way of taking mm. you down different paths doesn't it um but as i've uh, gotten older um i've become very aware of appreciating where you are now, as opposed to thinking about the future, because if you're so ambitious, if you if you if you're driven to reach this place where you call success, it's very easy to forget about the now, um, and you, you'll you'll get quite down about it when things aren't going the way you want it to go, um, which inevitably is what happens for anyone trying to make a go of things in 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 any art form. If you're trying to be a musician. If you're trying to be an actor, um, if you're trying to be a painter, um, it, the road to it is full of rejection and it's full of uh, anti-climaxes, um, things not matching up with expectations. Question uh, marks everywhere. Yeah, it's, there's no clear path. And I think if if you don't consider what's good now, you're going it's, to, it's, it's a recipe for disaster. Um, so that's what I try to do now. I try to really embrace the moment i try to do everything i can have very full relationships with my friends and my family um go on go on holidays with friends um, while still making sure that i'm doing something to progress mm -hmm. um and uh, in terms of my career um i have been making small steps um and it's very easy to not um value these steps that have come my way um for example when i was in manchester i hadn't i hadn't done any any acting work i was just doing the school every week um but one small step that happened was i had my first audition through the casting director david shaw um he invited me into audition for this show that was on sky one at the time um, i think it's still on now um but that was a small victory even though i didn't get the job just having a professional audition that's a that's a that's a step that meant that I was prepared for what to expect in any audition situation and there's been lots of little things like that uh, that aren't clear victories 
along the way um, that I've now really started to understand that I have to acknowledge these things. Um, so since then, I've I've had a few few gigs. I've uh, done adverts. I've uh, made my own little film. Um, I've, I've booked mm. my first uh, professional BBC gig last year. Um, and these are all very small things in the long t- long run of things. It's not anywhere near as big as I want it to be. Um, but considering where I was five years ago, the fact that I'm going to be on you, you BBC, forward. yeah, I'm going to be on BBC One this year. I'm going to be on HBO. I think it's on in America in June. It's it's crazy to think that millions and millions and millions of people are going to see my face on this show. I may be in it for thirty seconds, but what that's that's an incredible achievement for me. And from that, obviously, other things yeah. can happen. And and I, I like the way you said it about um, understanding it and acknowledging it. The 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 little steps that we take and and the little things that we achieve mm. because what's little for other people it might be huge victories mm. for yourself and ultimately those that that's what it matters you know because if it's a victory for yourself and you're not imagining anything you 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 know you're not bigging bigging up anything you just you you're giving the right amount of credit and value to that yeah as it as much as it deserves you're not like you know just oh my god this little thing happened to me and this is the best thing in the world and now no but you are embracing that and you understand that that gives you motivation and focus to keep going yeah and in the, for, for outsiders that might mean absolute nothing fuck all but you know, I mean, I, I totally relate to that. Man. Yeah, of course, I mean, man. But that your story's insane. Yeah. The fact that you've you've performed on stage in front of thousands of people. Fuck like, yeah! <laughs> and my mum never got to see that because oh, she, she was not? never interested. Really? <laughs> nah, my mum. My mum was never. Um, hey, mum, if you're listening to this, it's all good. Um, <laughs> uh, she, she, my mum, she was great. Obviously, she like, man, God, she financed uh, my studies. She financed. Even my musical studies, she paid for it. My first uh, um, singing uh, coach, she paid for it. E- everything. My mom like financed my my my, my well myself basically, you mm. know. And I wasn't a very cheap kid. I was quite of an expensive <laughs> kid. Um, but uh, but 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 those you know my my ambitions and what I really wanted to do in life. Uh, and again, I totally understand because you have to go back to where did where. Did my parents came from? What you know? What what happened on their lives? What ha- what they have been through? Mm. In you know, it, it's different. Everyone is different. You know, if you come from a small town, very south border of Brazil, you've had, and Uruguay in the south of Brazil, and you've had a very tough you know uh, uh, um, um, just slipped my mind. Very young, a very tough uh, 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 early days of bringing, and. And then you kind of have to like work on and deal with whatever life throws at you because then at the <coughs> age of 23, you have a kid. Uh, those things are things that I myself cannot relate to it because yeah. I haven't experienced it. I've heard about it. When you hear things, it's one thing. When you experience things, it's obviously totally different. Yeah. So, uh, so credit to that, all credit to that. But fact is, um, 
emotionally I didn't get any support, you know, and mm. it was always this difficulty in the house because my dad was kind of like supportive and he wanted to support me, but then my mom didn't like it. So that created a, a, a friction between the two of them. You know, my dad would lend me his car for me so I could drive up to the studio to rehearse the band. And my mom used to hate that because my mom actually paid for his car at the time. Things like that, mundane things. So you know? why was, if, if she was funding everything, but th but she wasn't liking what you were doing? Because because was I was doing law at university at the time oh as well. Right. So, so was I was I was doing what in on her mind was the right thing. Okay. I finished high school. We're kind of similar then, really. That's yeah. yeah. I didn't I didn't know what to do at university, so uh, my mum accepted the fact that yeah, it's good for you to actually go traveling. Mm. You know, because you're gonna improve your English as well. I was uh, studying English since very early ages. Uh, since I think my mum put me on private English school since I was eight or nine years old money well which, spent. which money well spent yeah thank thanks mom for that because mm. she thought you know about uh you know uh the future and 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 luckily you know when i turned uh 18 and then i came to london to kind of keep keep studying english i was already like very good at it um well <laughs> writing lyrics and the band and all that as well going on um but uh, then I went back to Brazil and, 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 and enrolled to university and, and started doing law um, because it was kind of like, you know, just I'm going to, I didn't know what to do. I just wanted to do music. But again, same, same situation as yours. And for my mom, by doing that, I was on the right path of life. I was on the right track, yeah. you know. So she could I, sleep at night. Exactly. She could sleep at night yeah. and he's going to be all right. He's going to be all right. He's going to turn, even though he's doing his singing lessons, he's doing music classes, but he's got, <laughs> yeah, but then things started to get more serious because um, uh, I was invited to go and and tour with a very uh, big, well, super rock pop kind of thing, famous in the south of Brazil. They're all friends of mine, and and they just started literally touring with them. I was twenty two, and tour bus, and they had like number one hits on the on the radio in the whole south of Brazil. And they talk about the whole south of Brazil. I'm talking about like, man, size of you know, bigger than Ireland, bigger than Wales. So it's kind of like a country, you know, Brazil is a huge mm. place. So it, being big in that area means like being big, say, in the whole of the UK in terms yep. of uh, uh, numbers and, and 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 territory and all that. So it was crazy. Like lots of fans, they they were playing shows for like five, seven, eight, ten thousand 10,000 people, festivals for 50,000 people you know, living in, in, in two bus and hotels. And when I would get back to my parents' house, I would get there, drop my stuff, and we had money. We could straight away party, you know, and, and go find girls and, and drive their cars to other places, to the mountains, and spend the night in the mountains in this hotel, random hotel with some girls and drink champagne and, sh and shit like that. So I had to quit university because, and but then by m at that point, my mom wasn't pleased, but, He's but making so money. Right, yeah. He's making money, so, you know. Um, but then the touring thing uh, came to an end uh, eventually. And and I was like, at that point, when it came to an end, I was then with my first professional band with an album out, I, you know, released in Japan, released in Europe, out in stores. Yeah, my friend that uh, hosted me when I first moved to London, he bought my album at the time back in 2006 at the HMV store in Oxford Street. Whoa. So it was, it was, it That's was amazing. It, yeah, it was that, you know, it was, things were happening. I was playing big shows in Brazil with my own band as well, you know. 
Um, but my mom, she was never supportive to it. So uh, it was it was very complicated at the time. But um, I don't even remember why I started talking about Neither do I. myself. <laughs> um, this is um, a skill in itself, isn't it? About, about this thing. Um, but it's, it, it's um, going back to what you're saying about um, understanding where your parents come how from. How the though. small achievements, that's why. Yeah. yeah, because the small things that I was doing at the time, which weren't that small, you know, like fucking hell, recording an album professionally, you know, tiny finishing <laughs> finishing the album in Germany with one of the biggest rock metal producers at the time, uh, getting website and all of the yeah. business going working, you know, getting a contract in Japan, distributed by Universal Music, go getting things done, getting tours with like playing mm. in Brazil with I was playing with Deep Purple in Brazil, twenty what? fifteen thousand people arena. I was twenty three, you know, and receiving gifts literally at the at, in two thousand when the album came out in Japan on that Christmas I was getting packages from Japan from fans gifts people that researched about me online and knew that I was a fan of uh, uh, my football club that I was a fan of and at the time my football club was playing in Japan wow. so they got me the newspapers with Japanese from Tokyo newspapers of my club arriving at the airport blah blah pictures and all that they put it on a, on, on parcel Send it over with gifts to my girlfriend, gift man, crazy stuff like that. Uh, but those things, you know, like for my mom, that's mental, though. You know, <laughs> like what? She, I, I, I genuinely don't even think that she ever got an album on her hand and looked, oh, okay, that's your photo, those are your lyrics. That's nice. And that's nice. Well done. I, I don't think she acknowledged in any way that. She's never listened to any of it. She probably did at some point. Now you know, uh, years have passed, but um, but at the time, no. And and I understand. I used to sing in my room. I used to practice every day. No, and, and it was you were doing it when I was living with you. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, at the time it was still. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and that was very troubling as well because it was loud. And then we live in an apartment, so some of the neighbors would be a bit mm -hmm. annoyed with that. So there was lots and lots of things that con uh, that were not very good for my head at the time you know um so but those small victories you know you you know you are doing the right thing i mean i always knew i was doing the right thing but then obviously sometimes you you have big let downs in life mm. which i had like a few years back with my last uh, uh, band. band my project and that's and the, the british the british guys the british guys yeah and and when you have a big uh, a let down like that then you question everything again mm. When you have when you when you punch in the face and you like yep. in the corner of the ring just like that you you put e everything into perspective and then you question yourself and then you're like yeah I was wrong mum was right but then you gotta give time and and you gotta believe in your gut and believe in yourself and because yep, totally. if if you n if you don't sit just waiting for things and just wishing things to come your way if you work with what whatever you do in towards where you want man things come your way you know things will happen there's no way that you're gonna work 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 towards something and nothing's gonna happen mm. you know i think uh, that's why um parents are often kind of we say they're not supportive i'm sure they are in some way it might not be clear to us but um th at the end of the day it's a protective thing isn't it they because they've not gone down this path that's not clear like the the road we've we've chosen to go down is that it's our own path isn't it it's it's the risk is you're not going to get where you want to get to and then you're going to be left on your own with nothing f to do and you're going to be str struggling. They gave me a chance to dream, basically, mm. which they didn't have, which is amazing. You know, when you have the chance to dream, I could 
dream about things. I, I literally, I still do, but uh, I literally could live several years of my life. But when I say dream, I was working towards that dream. I wasn't just sitting around and dreaming about mm. things. And, and, and that's a wonderful thing when you can have uh, financial support, yeah. you know, to perceive things that other people perhaps dream about. My mom, she always wants to go and do law in school it, at university. She never managed to. She never had the money for it. You know, why she got you to do it? Pro probably because my sister ended up graduating in law, so yes. uh, so I didn't finish. But then my sister got into it and and and, and graduated. So somehow my mom got uh, her, her her dreams um, uh, fulfilled, turned into fulfilled uh, via via her her kids, and um, it's it's I, I think it's just amazing the fact that even even nowadays when I have a ch when I talk to them. Uh, obviously, uh, they are concerned and they get concerned about things, but they're always thinking about the future and the future and the future and the future. And when you only think about the future, you, as you said, you don't live the now. Mm. So you, if, you, if you wait for the perfect day to go on a trip because they don't have the money now, or if you wait the perfect day to buy a new car, mm. and you needed a new car, you need a new car for whatever is in the, it's part of your job to have a good car to drive around and, and you keep postponing that because uh, man, money comes and goes. It's very hard to save money to do things like buying a house. I'm pretty sure that whoever buys a house, more often than 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 you would think, doesn't actually have the money. It doesn't know what's going to happen within the next 10, 15, 20 years of mortgage. They assume they will pay, you know. Mm. So, but they say, you know what? Let's pull a bit of money here. Let's get you know borrow some money from from parents and stuff, and let's put on a deposit. Let's fucking go for this, you know. And somehow things will work out because then you have a responsibility, and then you're gonna go for it, and you're gonna tackle it, and you're gonna you know uh, 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 pay things. But that takes courage, and and people want to be safe, and people in general just want to like you know I want to be yeah safe is easy safe is easy. Um, <coughs> But yeah, I, safe, I, 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 I think we're very similar in that in in that sense. Very very similar. And how do do your parents have any like these days? Do they ever sit with you, uh, or like I don't know, on a phone call or sometimes you know? Uh, how often do you talk to them? Like, do you guys chat? Do you I have? Don't know if I should, I, I, I'm bad on that. In that regard, I speak to them. Um, I message them a lot, mm. um, but don't really pick up the phone, which is it's bad. I should do it more. Um, yeah. Um, sorry, what was the question? Do you have? Do you guys have a uh, some sort of WhatsApp group kind of thing? Yeah. Of, yeah. Yeah, and we're pretty active on that. Um, That's the thing as well, isn't it? With technology, I'm the same, man. Yeah, it makes it. I should pick convenient. up the phone way more often, and and I don't, and I don't. But then again, <coughs> it's it, it's a tricky one. I see it as a very tricky one because you connect and you talk to people that. Number one, you you have things in common. You want you want to share something. You want to chat about something. Something that n connects you two, the both of you, right? So, for example, I'll have to go back to my mom again. I mean, when I talk to her, most of the things that are important to me, mm. that have a meaning to me, general things, running, football. Um, life in general, the, my way of seeing things is very different than hers mm. and still is up to, to this day. So when when you're so different, 
when it comes to life interests because in terms of personality we're very similar but when it comes to life interests and things that you believe say i'm a vegan you're not i'm this and you're not and 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 you just don't have much in common to talk mm. it becomes difficult because when you call you you always chat about the same old things how's the weather there mom yeah it's sunny today it's very hot okay great what are you guys gonna have for lunch yeah mm. fine you do that but then if you if, if that's kind of like the the extent of the content of your conversation yeah. it becomes you know do you know what i mean it's it's it, I, I myself struggle a lot with that you know i struggle a lot because again as you said i should be more in touch yes i should but you know, I perhaps should be more in touch with other people as well. But I'm in touch with the people that, you know, I'll give a call to Joe or I'm going to go on a holiday with Joe because we're going to chat about things that we share common interests. Yeah. You know, we, we and... and well, that's the and, and, between and, friends and family though, isn't it? Friends friends are chosen, um, family aren't. So you've kind, of, you've kind of got to make it work with family, haven't you? Mm. Um, I'm very lucky. Um, my family, we're very close and we can speak about pretty much anything um so i don't have that problem. you even drink with your mum. i love that Hell when yeah. your mum came down to london remember that day me and my mum. yeah yeah we'll, so cool we'll, every time i go back we'll end up sitting up chatting till about six in the morning ah that's great sun man. comes up we'll be chatting for everything yeah my mum doesn't drink my mum. does she not no she and she's like you've been drinking too many beers boy <laughs> you're gonna get you're gonna become an alcoholic I'm like mom yeah sure <laughs> whatever <laughs> it's fine <laughs> but yeah but with my dad it's different with yeah, my dad, you, yeah you got a lot of yeah come with your dad haven't you yeah absolutely i mean he, he just messaged me today he just ran um a 6k in an in just a local race there and he finished third man on Whoa. the age of 60 65 which is his age you know amazing i'm like yay go on then i was just has he always been into running or is that no has it come no, off no. the back of you yeah pretty that's much great. pretty much yeah uh, especially when you're when your parents are getting older like the fact that you're getting them to be active is is wicked the challenge is my mum. <laughs> is she not <laughs> no she she's not a very active person she does her walk in here every now and then but walking is just not enough people think that you know i'm gonna go out for a 30 40 minute walk i mean it's better nothing obviously yeah but it's just not enough and especially i think as soon as you hit 60 you've really gotta make an effort because you're gonna deteriorate quick i just literally uh, read an article in the men's health or runners world magazine last week and i took a picture and i sent it over to my mom basically what the article is saying is that um up to the age of 65 right you you're able to implement uh, a specific kind of training in your life which would be a four to five week uh, 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 training uh, sessions of uh, high intensity training and and other things as well like strength training and all that and you can basically uh, um, get the same benefits that uh, a very active person has has been for the last whatever many years of their life if you start exercising regularly up to the age of 25 you 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 kind of like uh, a bulletproof your heart for several different uh, uh, kinds of diseases if you do it till the age of 65 after 65 years old you start to go like super like downhill you know mm. if you don't do anything up to the ba basically you are a youth you know uh, up to the age of 65 after 65 men if you don't do anything that's downhill you you're gonna age well, you can get see older. the difference can't you in um older people that are active 
it's crazy because you you could get an old lady that's 85 and like struggling to move she'll be like bed bound near enough but you can also get an 85 year old who's like springy um active and i i think it well i don't know but it's got to come down to just keeping active keeping your mind active as well um i was just watching earlier on uh you know tom brady he's the the captain of patriots the nfl team in america and they did facebook now has this thing i don't know if you saw uh facebook um It's Facebook, uh, are you not on it anymore? Yeah, that's true. Uh, Facebook movies or something. They're doing like small documentaries, right. kind of like Netflix, like producing their own content. Okay. And um, and they did a full episode, 15 minute long each, with Tom Brady about his life and his journey and his family and how does he keep up with, with you know, uh, um, uh, being, I mean, being, on top of it, on top of his game, you know, throughout so many years, mm. he's been on NFL for like 18 years, I think. He's 40 now, so people are kind That's of crazy. Because like I was listening to um, who was it today? A, a Joe Rogan podcast, and he was talking about um, NFL uh, is joked about as not for long, because um, their careers are typically like three or four seasons. So he's been doing it for 18 years. Exactly. That's that, crazy. But, but that's it's crazy that he's still with it. But exactly, but that's the thing, and how he is still uh, 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 in extremely good shape, you know. Yeah. And he tells, you know, during the 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 um, the, the the series, what what it takes to to keep up in terms of the way that he approaches the game, the way that he treats himself, and the way that he looks after his body, his nutrition. You know, he's like twenty four seven. He was just saying, man, mm. I'm training four or five days a week. Then I go home, then I watch some game, you know, some videos on, 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 on to check the strategy of, of other players and other teams. And then I review my own uh, uh, game and then I go eat and then I spend some time with my family. The next morning I'm doing the same thing and the same thing. And it has been like that for the last 18 years of my life. That's his job. You know, and amazing, you know. Yeah. And then he said, and then a do- doctor saying that analyzing his uh, uh, condition, his physical condition, saying that he's just capable of doing what he's doing it up to the age of 40 now mm. because of the way that he conducted his life, you know. And you choose how you age, basically, you know. You just mm. simply choose how you age. If you are an active person and you eat well, it's obvious that you're going to live a longer life, yeah. uh, you know, uh, uh, um, injury-free on in this case if you're an athlete and um, illness free as well. It's just it's just a consequence of, of, of decisions that you make. And I think it's super difficult nowadays as well to, to make those decisions because we just don't have the information for it, mm. isn't it? I mean, like, I don't know what you guys, I mean, your mom is pretty fit, isn't she? Like uh, she's, she's very active in her job. She's, um, she's a care worker. And she's she's in the career she's supposed to be in. Like that's her calling. She's a natural uh, carer. She's incredible, um, and that means she's up and about, moving around, walking. Uh, she's constantly on the move, and she doesn't really rest until she gets home. So I guess she's day to day. Her day to day fitness is is good enough, but she doesn't do any actual exercise. She doesn't run. She doesn't play any sport. She doesn't go to the gym. Do they eat well at home? Uh, they they eat, yeah. I'm not I'm not sure if it's all healthy. They're very carb heavy. Mm. They have lots of pasta dishes, 
um, potato dishes. Oh man, you just now Very I'm just remembering why you cooked for for yourself. You mentioned it earlier on lasagna. Uh, um, yeah, it's all really good food, and my God, I love home cooking. Mm. They're, they're very good home cooks, but um, yeah, it's probably not the healthiest um, it could be. Um, but yeah, my mum, she, I think she really should start to make an effort with some exercise because she's approaching sixty now, so she's going to have to make a bit of effort if she wants to keep on ticking, um, fitness-wise. Um, and my dad's my dad's pretty good actually. He's um he's played five aside every week for as long as I've been alive. Um, he, every every Thursday since I was born, he's oh, he's wow. played five aside. So an hour of that Were a week. Were you into football yourself? No, <laughs> <laughs> I did it. I did it. I gave it a go just because to please the dad as as we all do. <laughs> but uh, no, I was pretty shocking at it. Uh, gave it up at like twelve because I had a fallout with my coach. <laughs> um, <laughs> But no, uh, and the fact that he's he's 60, 60, 60 or 61? I think he's 61 now, but still playing five-a-side football. Like, that's, I th- that's, I think that's great. I think that's going to... It is good. Do it the is world good. good. Um, is there any, uh, complete change of subject, any countries that you look forward to visiting on your life? And whoa. if there's any, like, um, what what's the motivation behind it? I need to make an effort to travel i think um you do man yeah take some short like city breaks you know yeah well, I, 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 I travel europe a, a lot i've done i've done i go on a couple of holidays a year to short city breaks but no I, I need to put some good good trips in uh when i was younger i did a little bit went to thailand went to went on a proper euro trip uh five weeks interrailing and stuff obviously lived in america for a year so i did a few states over there um but no i'd love to do the proper experience of traveling like live in the bush and stuff like that i'd <laughs> love to do that like <laughs> go south africa on a safari and things that's probably the dream so yeah south african safari just so many places to so many to go and see brazil and brazil man. i want to yeah, come to brazil you, you have to come down man i really want to come with you you've been invited you'll be you'll be a very welcome guest yeah. at the casa grande's household <laughs> yeah it's great the big man. house yeah going going on a holiday day it's amazing yeah especially really when you got really a good, good tour guide that's Indeed. the key right yeah absolutely and god then, you were so handy in portugal <laughs> yeah you did yeah. worked fine yeah made it so apart from better. the fact that we don't know how that door got smashed <laughs> never no. know about that no idea <laughs> um, but it was great yeah it was good um we gotta think about where we're gonna go in August again. Yeah. There will be a break here again in August, right? A week. I think so, yeah. yeah. I think we're getting a week off again. Um, let me ask you, what uh, what do you normally do to unwind? What's the perfect lazy day on your books? Lazy day? Yeah. God, I just watch copious amounts of um, American good TV shows. Um, my favorite thing to do is what's go... A, what's a good American TV show? Sorry. Well, at the moment. Yeah, like, yeah, something that you... What have I just watched? I've just watched Mindhunter. New Netflix show. It was brilliant. Yeah? Really good. Um, yeah, it's about uh, the the first people to come up with how to identify serial killers. Um, so it's really about psychology and understanding psychopaths. It's, re- it's really interesting. I'd recommend it. Um, my favourite thing to do, though, um, is cinema. That is my favourite place oh, in the world. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love it. You go once um, a week, don't you? 
Yeah. Well, or more than or that. More than that. Yeah. yeah. Whenever I've got, if I've got like a free evening, I'll just go to the cinema, watch film. Something I find so soothing about being in that dark room with the nice acoustics, and then just sit there for two hours watching hopefully a good film it's my favorite thing to do very um, nice and um do you have a favorite place to be with your family um i love my family holidays we've always done it um ever since i was a kid we've we've always gone on holiday together and we still do um so i think that's my favorite thing to do with the fam you guys go what once once a year do you, do you guys try, try to yeah yeah um i'm not How sure how does he work now with with your sister he uh, comes along they co yeah. the brother-in-law yeah he loves it he's been he's been on the past few holidays with us we've gone to poland together you get along well Italy. With him. yeah he's he's awesome yeah he's that's good that's good my sister's gonna get she's gonna get married in october and yeah she's it's got good a good man yeah she's got a good man beside her and what you want, right? it is what you want man it is what you want it pleases you very much doesn't it yeah <laughs> i'm very happy with that as well um do you have or follow any morning routines or rituals my rituals breakfast obviously uh that's a ritual I, my favorite meal of the day um <laughs> is I, it breakfast yeah yeah <laughs> i'd have breakfast for lunch and dinner if it was nutritionally viable <laughs> um, what's breakfast then tell me what's breakfast breakfast i, I like just fruit cereals whole grain foods uh coffee yeah uh, it changes <laughs> but it's Love great it. yogurt <laughs> we have that three times a week three times a day for good yeah. Joe. <laughs> Love it. when times get desperate and yeah I'm, I'm having porridge for dinner like that's that happens <laughs> what's your um, how are you a brexiteer or Brexiteer, what, yeah. As I, in, I mean, did you do you support uh, Brexit? What's your what's your view in regards of no, I don't. the current political state of the United Kingdom? Uh, I'm. What's that? That's saying? probably yeah. We got someone here. So yeah, I was just saying that. Um, Brexiteer. Brexiteer. Um, yeah, I, what's I don't. I, I really don't get involved in politics. Do you follow um, any of the news? Do you, I mean, do I don't you watch like the news. You don't watch the news. No, I think it's very negatively wired. I know it's. It, I you should pay attention to some news, but I think the way it's set up is is a bit wrong because it's, it's like I was in the gym the other day. And you know, you know, in the gym, well, the gym that's now closed, mm. um, they've they've got the new twenty four seven news on repeat, which I think is mental. Like you shouldn't have news twenty four seven. I think that's crazy. Um, but like a story pops up, and there's no sound, so all you're seeing is the, the visuals, and everyone's face is solemn. Like the story is always about someone's been murdered uh, in some town up in North England. It's just like that's sad. It's really sad that that's happened, but I don't know why you're telling everyone. Like, people die all the time. Like, every second of every day someone dies. Why is that accepted as news? I think that's going to, in effect, carry on. It, it, it will make people think that way. Do you know what I mean? If everyone's wired to always talk about the sad stuff, then that's how people are going to be. It's 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 not but that, but that's th those are uh, perspectives as well i mean when you look at when you look back at the 
terror attacks here in London that recently happened that two people, two officers, I think they got killed. Uh, that one that happened in um, uh, Westminster. Um, the bridge attack. The bridge attack, exactly, yeah. Um, gosh, I mean, that that's big, 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 big news for two people that died, right? And uh, we get places in the world that tons of people are dying every, every day on civil war, you know? Yeah. And it's all different perspectives because obviously here you don't get to hear people being killed in the outskirts of London on daily basis because someone tried to steal your car. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So uh, when something like that happens, which is good, I think it's great because it doesn't it, it it shows that you're in a safe place. You know, when someone gets stabbed, fucking hell, that's big news. You know, whereas in other places, if you go to Brazil, mate, you got someone got stabbed. Oh, but I just news. don't understand why people need to know it though. Yeah, I, 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 I yeah. It's, it's not helpful, is it? It's not going to benefit anyone. It's just going to make people scared. Mm. It's like people, my friends that live um, back home and in, in the north. They're always asking, oh, do you feel nervous walking around in London with mm -hmm. all these acid attacks and these murders? And it's just like, no, I don't. I go about my business like nothing's changed. Um, but because the, the news reports it in such a way, they think it's everyone's on edge all the time. It's but but I think that's that's the that's the goal. That's the aim. If you look at that uh, Michael what, to scare Mo people. Yes, exactly. You look at the Michael Moore uh, documentary about 9-11, uh, right? And then... 5,000 people, I think that's the number that people died on, on the attack on the Twin Towers. And America got absolutely shut down in many ways. So he was just interviewing people on, on the outskirts, the very countryside of Idaho, a state like far, far away from, the, from New York State. Yeah. And people like in a very tiny village, you know, scared being interviewed about, you know, what do you think about those terror attacks and people like, oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go back home early tonight. But the power of media, mm. you know, people watching on the telly what was happening. New York City in Manhattan. It's not even like you can whatever whatever happened on that day in Manhattan, if you were up up north in New, in New York City, you'd be fine. Mm. I know people that were in the city at the day, it was horrible. Things yeah, but but, but you know what I mean? You, you you personally, your 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 personal safety, even on that city when that happened, mm. you're not gonna you, you're not gonna suffer anything from directly yourself or your family from what happened there. But the power of news, the way that they scare you, they manage to control society. They manage to control yeah. you. So yeah, it feels that way, doesn't it? Like it there's does. Be a reason behind it. Imagine your friends asking you, don't you? You know that's crazy. You you feel safe like going out. I mean. What mm. if somebody would just now outside of the street here come with some acid spray and spray your eyes with it? It's just not exactly how things happen, you know. But then when you get a news out of uh, occasional uh, 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 events like that, people just tend to, I don't know, transform into this big, big monster that. Yeah, uh, well, it was like that uh, scare of, what was about two months ago when. Um, two guys were having a fight in Oxford Circus tube station. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then it, it got completely blown out of proportion. There was a big stampede of people because panic set in. Mm. It's all over the news. Everyone's messaging you, are you safe? Are you, is, is everything okay? Like that's, that's what can happen because mm -hmm. people are so attuned to be scared. And it, it, it's... And people start saying, I mean, for, for, for everything that happens these days, you know, if it's out of, uh, the, out of normal, uh, 
people use the word terror way too often, I think, mm. you know. Anything nowadays, first thing people, f if it's a drug... Is it a terror attack? It's yeah. a terror attack, you know, yeah. they connect with terror. Like... It's the first thing the police say, is it? We don't think it's a t uh, linked to terror. Mm. It's just like, okay, well, why, why is that the I first think it's a very clever way to... Um, control the masses in mm. many ways like on that day you're saying about uh, the Oxford Circus uh, uh, thing that happened fight that happened I myself didn't even know there was actual an actual fight um, mm. so but I was messaging people in the day you know I was I think it was a Friday evening I, I think I messaged you a message uh, uh, Jacob I messaged uh, my housemate because I know that he works in 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 the West End mm. on every evening and and everybody was messaging each other and then it, it's just Absolutely crazy, you know. Mm. Absolutely, it's good, it is good in a way that you can check, check that. And like mm. you, you get the news, so you can check all your friends are okay. Oh yeah, oh um, yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Yeah, it's, it's weird, isn't it? The the way everyone's wired. Um, the, I was listening to the radio the other day, and the news came on, and uh, a report came on. He's like, uh, two two people in Japan have been killed from uh, gone off sticky rice or something. <laughs> and it was just like, why Seriously? are you telling me that two people in Japan have died from some gone off food? Like that's not news, is it? I literally laughed. It's awful. Two people have died, but like, fucking hell. There's, there's, there's real you shit. You gotta to talk make about. news of heaven, don't you? you? Two people have died in Japan after eating gone off sticky rice. Okay. Crazy, crazy shit, man. Sort it out. <clears throat> let me, let me just. Uh, Go through some of my roller coaster questions with you, Joe. Those are questions that I actually do to all of my guests. Mm. So um, let's go for the first one. What's your spiritual practice, if any, at all? Are you spiritual at all? I'm spiritual, uh, not religious, I don't think. Um, I guess if you were to put a label on it, it would, you'd say agnostic. Agnostic is believing mm. in something, right? I'm not sure, yeah. Is it? I think it is. Jamie, get that up. Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> this is when he comes in handy. Um, yeah, I believe it. I believe in something. Um, I meditate and I believe that there's a reason we're all here and everything. there's a reason for everything existing. Um, and I think we're all part of the same thing. I think we're all connected um, in some existential way. Um, and I don't think it's possible to understand it or make sense of it. Um, but I, I think the one thing that I do believe in is that everyone should uh, abide to good morals, being a good person, being selfless, because um, that leads to everything good in life, right? If, if everyone is selfless and generous and good, then we're living in a world full of love and that's essentially what we all want, right? Absolutely. Um, and you're right, agnostic, a person who believes that nothing is known or can be known of the existence or nature of God. So it's not exactly what you, what you meant, is it? Say that again? A person who believes that nothing is known or can be known of the existence or nature of God. I think I understand that, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Skeptical, doubting. Relating to agnostics or agnostics, uh, funny, interesting, interesting you believe, words. You, you believe that there is something, um, basically. Are you asking me? I think that's what. I'm, uh, what's that's how I make sense of that. Oh, I see. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You believe that. Well, so that's that's why you why you meant. I guess so. 
but I don't I don't go around saying I'm agnostic. Mm. I just I just think it's something. Fair enough. Um, what would someone who doesn't like you say about you? Who doesn't like me? That's a very interesting question. Um, doesn't like me. I reckon people would probably say I'm a bit stuffy. Mm. They might say um, I can be a bit um, stuffy. I could be a bit of a know-it-all, maybe a bit judgmental. Really, you? I can't see you like that. I think I can be. I don't. I don't think it's necessarily always a bad thing. Um, I, I, I quickly assess people. I think because I often get surprised by people, um, and I'm all for that. Um, but yeah, I, th I guess if someone for the didn't good and for the bad. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll yeah, yeah. My my initial um, judgment of people is often wrong, which is great. Um, I like I like being wrong. <laughs> um, but yeah, if someone doesn't like me, I reckon that's probably why they might call me a bit snobby. But I'm not. I'm not snobby. Yeah, I'm trying to to think about what were my first impressions of you. I think I can be quite unapproachable. Yeah. But yeah, but I don't think yeah, not snobby. Yeah, maybe. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. But I don't. I, I don't. I don't think you. You come across snobby. That's good. You come across, I think, as a very. Um, that's the way I see it. Like, I don't want to use the word focused. I want to use uh, something that would for you as a very centered like very um kind of like straight kind of guy you mm. know very um down to earth perhaps you know um and polite and and, and educated and well well spoken as well i think that's yeah that's how i remember you from your days at at, at, at reception doing the mixing thing now I have a completely different view about you, Joe. <laughs> Things got s went south, my friend. Since yeah, started partying. <laughs> um, right. What's your view about money? Money. Um, I think it's important. I think everybody needs money, but I think if money is your motivator, you're going to be a very unhappy person. Um, I think everybody should strive to find a vocation in life that they like and they love, and it's money should be seen as a byproduct of it. Um, it should never be the mo the sole motivation to do anything. Um, it should fall into your hands accidentally, um, because essentially we want to be happy, and that the happiness comes from real things. And money isn't real. Money's just paper created by banks. It's 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 limited. I agree 100%, 100%. It comes, it goes. You could be a happy poor person, you could be a happy rich person. The thing that ties them both together is how you are as a person. Mm -hmm. Cool. What's a perfect day on Joe's life? Perfect day in my life. Um, I mean, it, yeah, just like you look back and say, yeah, today was a pretty damn good day. I would say there's two, two options for my perfect day. One option would be to have be on an adventure, 
with friends and have a, a roller coaster day hmm. where you just like fuck me we've done so much today like whether you're in portugal or whether you're climbing a mountain then you're in a pub and then you're in someone's house and maybe you're going to a gig and you get to, you have this full day of adventures I portugal think. had some perfect days didn't it yeah that's i think that's the dream right you want to be free to live that's If people are wondering when we say Portugal, it's just because we went on a holiday last year, me, Joe, Faro. and a couple of other friends. No, where was it? Uh, Lagos? No. Lagos, yeah. Lagos, Algarve, south of Portugal. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I couldn't touch on the mic. And, uh, yeah, and we had... Uh, it was great. Found some nice great. beaches. Yeah, we went uh, kayaking. Bitches on beaches. We <laughs> <laughs> Still trying to get my, my accent right when I <laughs> try to differentiate two words. Uh, beach and beaches. <laughs> beaches on the beach. Beaches on the beach. Beaches on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you struggle with that word. Um, uh, so yeah, that would be option one. And um, but the other option is, um, like my favorite thing to do is to be on a film set working. Mm. I, it, I, I am in my complete element when I'm working. And you feel that? Yeah, it's it's an incredible feeling. It's like it's the closest I can get to being my true self. I think it feels so right um, to be there. And yeah, I think that it is, it's, it's happiness. You got, you got to put yourself into that environment more often than that. Yeah, I do. I do. Somehow, I don't know, go serve coffees to the crew, go be the director of something, go be the star of whatever, whatever. Mm. You did, well, me and Jack are writing, do, you know? we're writing, we're, we're, we're writing a show. You're um, writing something. Yeah, we're, we're we're meeting it regularly um, to try and come up with this um, TV show. Um, ah, that's interesting, huh? Based on based on our life, really. Um, but yeah, I think that that the idea of that really excites me because um, I think the idea the idea that we have it's very early days is it's very of the zeitgeist. It's very. Uh, What's the word? It's very topical of the moment. Uh, and the the beauty of it is it's based on our life. So it's not like anyone can steal this idea because only we've lived our lives. Mm -hmm. um, so it's there's no danger of it uh, of being made before. Um, and it just it feels right. So I think the idea that we could make something uh, make create this show ourselves, write something, star in it, um, produce it, direct it, whatever. Um, that feels like something that could be a bit of a, a key Definitely, to, to this life. That's good. That's But a very nice, very nice thing to hear. Mm. That you're writing something really, really good. Yeah. Amazing. Feels excited. Very early days, but I think if we're disciplined uh, and we're meeting up regularly, um, then. But that's that we thing. That something. thing we we're saying. You start something, right? You you talked about something and the idea is there and you're already working on it mm. as long as you you know s either the two of you or one of you like really knock on each other's door and keep like yeah. meeting regularly and let's do this and let's keep doing it you know yeah we're trying to and I'm, i'm i'm taking the reins setting us homework and things um check like arranging meetings get, we've got a separate taking the conversation reins, for it you gotta, you gotta give it some direction haven't you um, so yeah, try and do that. But I t I, I, this is amazing to see that you've f actually. I remember when you first started discovering podcasts and you wanted to yeah, do one yourself. Yeah. It must be really satisfying to actually. You you 
you've done seven now. Yeah, it was a year ago, really. It was just, I mean, <laughs> literally, I think April. Yeah, April last year. I had no idea what a podcast was all about. And then I started listening to podcasts and I was just like, wow, that's a great way to spend mm. time, you know, while I'm making breakfast or, you know, in the tube instead of listening to music all the time. Because that's what I used to do. Mm. Music, 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 music. Sometimes it would be listening to the same old thing, you know, yeah, on the loop because that's the music that I had on my iPod. And then all of a sudden, boom, information. Yeah. And what way to learn as well. Just to way have to learn, someone yeah. talking about something they know about that you don't. Uh, and exactly. you can still be getting on about your business. And points of view about life mm. and, and, and how to approach things. And yeah. just, it's just, it's just a great uh, uh, communication. Uh, um, what would, what was the word? Uh, great communication. Medium. Medium, exactly. So yeah, it's good. It's good. It feels good because, you know, uh, just me and you now. God, hour and 45 chatting, you know what I mean? And like it's, ni it's nice to just chat like it's just, just a, it's yeah. literally focused no conversation yeah, focused conversation because as well i think there's um when it's weird but but i do feel it when i sit down here and i put on the headphones and i'm chatting with you um because it's on the record mm. even though i'm not thinking that it's on the record but i mean it's kind of like right here right now we're committed to this mm. it's not that we're sitting in a pub and then you're gonna go to the toilet or you're gonna grab a beer or or someone will come around and you're gonna say sorry or yeah. excuse me. Here you sit down face to face, you're committed, let's just talk you yeah. know, about whatever, you know. And and there's a great sense of, of accomplishment, I think, when, when and, and achievement, I suppose, when, when, you, when you can do that, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm just following through with uh, an idea. Like, I think yeah. we, all, we all have ideas that we mm. can say like, well, I really wanna do this. But actually following through, investing in the gear, mm -hmm. sitting down, arranging guests and actually following through with it, that must be really satisfying for you to Yeah, it is good. It is I, f I find I find really cool the fact that um obviously to in order to do this, I need to know Joe, I need to know A, B, C and D and mm. I need these people to be willing to spare their time and come down here and sit with me for God knows how long, two hours on mm. this on our case today. And and I think that that's very uh, uh, um, fu fulfilling, would that be the word? I don't know what's the word. Um, very um, fulfilling, yeah, yeah fulfilling. fulfilling. Um, because it shows that people kind of like, they're your friends or somehow they admire you because some people don't even know that well, but mm. but they know a little bit about you and they met you like, I had James Poole, I was mentioning to you on Friday. He, I mean, I met the guy just once in a festival last year, you know, and I've been an admirer of his amazing uh, uh, mm. uh, running skills and, and, and everything that he's been up to uh, on his life, really. And I just tried to get the guy over here and he said, yeah, mate, of course, let, let, let's do it. And somehow, um that that means something do you know what i mean mm. like people spare their time to come if, especially in a city like london it's big uh if you know everybody here is on on the clock you know you yeah. work your hours at work you make the money your spare time is your spare time you want to go home and do your thing and uh so to actually give people time yeah it's a very it's uh, nice to be um reminded that people are willing to do it isn't it it's it's, it's quite 
what's the word um having your faith in humanity restored mm. um it just is that people actually are quite nice <laughs> yeah like people are willing yeah. to help you out and it's not even helping it's people want to yeah absolutely it's it's, n it's nice to be reminded of that because i think especially living in a city like london you, you can think the worst of people at times mm -hmm. um so yeah when you see someone be quite selfless um it's really important i think yeah so in that sense it, it, it's really cool yeah it's really cool and self-learning and all that it, it's great yeah so uh i'm sure you're gonna be <laughs> a regular on this thing we're gonna oh have yeah, way many great many conversations and well, i think conversations are, it's a it's a skill um that is people are going to get worse at it with the way technology is going people rely on messenger and and dating apps and uh like snapchat and things mm -hmm. like that it's it, the way people communicate is changing i think and i don't think drastically it's, i don't think it's a good thing i, th I think it, yeah by all means accept change and technology is always it's going to get quicker and quicker and quicker like things are going to progress faster and faster but stay true to what makes us human which is humanity it's it's mm -hmm. conversation it's it's talking to people about the simple things um and yeah just sitting down having a conversation with someone is something that people don't do people don't do yeah. there's don't nothing do. more annoying when you're in a pub with someone and they, they get the phone out and things it's just like what the fuck are you doing like let's just this we're here now we're here what i find really weird actually is the fact that you are normally the guy that never puts your phone on the table yeah, and during our podcast today you had your phone on the table <laughs> I, I really have i did that recently i or think so no i think i think recently yeah i think it wasn't it's gone <laughs> it's gone um, um right i have uh two more roller coaster questions for you they're not that of a roller coaster but there you go um <laughs> What kind of food do you go for when in need of a treat? Need of a treat? Ice cream. Yeah. Ice cream, man. I love the stuff. <laughs> I'm fairly sure I'm lactose intolerant because, my God, do I get trumpy afterwards. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like immediately have to go to the toilet. Um, but fucking hell, I love it. Um, any flavor. This is why I think I maybe I like Italy because these gelato shops fantastic Urgh. how often do you eat ice cream then how often do you treat not yourself? often I, I no i don't I, I can't remember the last time i had it actually oh wow come on treat yourself joe yeah i don't, <laughs> I, I, don't I never really go out and buy sugary stuff um i'm quite boring when it comes to food i just eat the same thing every day as you know mm. um but yeah ice cream when it's there like at the cinema i'll always get ice cream well, on with that in mind, I'm gonna have to plan on getting some ice cream for, for our weekend away next weekend. Oh yeah, yeah. I do. Well, Not actually, on the menu. The, it Our is actually no, menu. no, no. I'm sorry, there is ice cream. Yes, it's part of the of dessert on Friday night. So, yeah, a detailed menu. Yeah, I got really excited about that. You know, it's I love the fact I, you did that, I and I like it, man. I mean, honestly, Dude, I love for an me, itinerary. yeah, it's 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 a it's gonna be. I mean, I'm gonna have a ball just just doing it. You know, and and hopefully it's gonna be as tasty as i i expected sure to, and then we all gonna I'll have be a great a time chef. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'll help prep super and i'm wash. definitely gonna need help yeah yeah washing up definitely i'm not gonna do any wash up i can't wait you know it's it's literally we're just gonna be playing house for the weekend but it's great yeah. we, i think because we live in london everyone lives in house shares we don't have that kind of sense yeah. of home mm -hmm. so i think that's why i'm excited for it to be this simple weekend 
of just having a place to ourselves. We've got a hot tub, just a few friends yeah. cooking for each other, drinking, having hopefully some shit hot conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, that for me is the best. Going back to the question you asked earlier, what's your favorite thing to do? That's that'll be one of them. That yeah, like quality time and very relaxing. You can just like lay all day basically isn't it yeah like i'm sure it won't i'm sure we'll go for wonders in the forest and <laughs> shit but um yeah i think i, I think it's a s- sick idea i can't wait yeah <laughs> it's gonna be great um so one last one uh what are you reading at the moment if anything um i'm trying to adopt your kind of way of reading which is reading multiple books at the same time mm. um i'm reading uh, uh three things at the moment i'm reading robin hobbs uh live ship trader series i'm on the book three which is a fantasy um fantasy series about um dragons and pirates and things like that um it's amazing i really like it um i'm also reading a play uh i only started it the other day called a long journeys into night it's by sam shepherd it's quite a, like a it's written in the 40s an american play uh, and what's the other book? I started uh, To Kill a Mockingbird, uh, which is kind of a staple book, right? Um, that everyone's I don't know, is read. it? Yeah, it's, it's like a book that's on most people's um, academic, what's the word, study list mm, okay. in school. I think it's a lot of kids what read it, it in school. About? don't really know yet. Mm. It's, uh, it starts with a bunch of kids in some town, uh, and I'm, I'm one chapter in, so I couldn't tell you. But uh, yeah, it's meant to be a classic. Nice, very yeah. good. Did you finish reading the Navigator? No, I didn't. Need to um, finish that. Yeah, I'm, I'm halfway like through Mastery. Halfway through Mastery. I've had like Mastery's great. You can yeah, just pick it's it up great. And put it down. Can't yeah, you? yeah, it's good. It's a, it's a good book. I have it beside my bed. I always read it like ten minutes when I'm you know going to bed. They're it's quite meaty chapters, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, each chapter is like. 40 pages long or something yeah it's not it's not very long the, the chapter so it's it's really good um yeah oh, they're not they are short chapters they're short chapters yeah, oh, yeah. i thought but it's based on different people different people's ex- lives experience mm. life experiences or life uh, uh yeah it's amazing benjamin franklin and you have um i think uh what, who's that one? michelangelo i think as well it's it's really interesting to see how um darwin actually darwin um how people how do they find their way on with on in life basically with their interests and their upbringing and uh, it's amazing because it, it kind of revolves around um, everyone's lives because it's so easy to just look at people's uh, achievements and and you know good fortunes in life but then you forget that everybody every single one of us we go through a lot man mm. nothing nothing comes easy and 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 your glories you know people see your glories but man you know you go back and then you have stuff to do and you have to keep doing it well and otherwise things come and go um so yeah it's it's a very inspiring book i i, I like that very much and yeah thanks yeah, for it's nice thanks to remind yourself that hard work pays off isn't it absolutely joe my friend it's been a pleasure thanks very much for coming down my pleasure and uh yeah I'm sure we're gonna do plenty more of those. Absolutely. That was the roller coaster. Cheers, Joe. Thanks, Cheers, buddy. Bro.